Welcome to this conversation. I'm your host, Teresa Keller. We are coming up on Memorial Day, and my guests today are two veterans. They've had a wonderful idea that's appropriate for for Memorial Day and Memorial Day plans, and they know a lot about what it means to be a veteran. I'm very honored to have with me Pete Vance and Jim Ray, the VFW Post 9640 in Richlands, Virginia. Welcome, Pete and Jim, to this conversation. So, Pete, I'm going to start with you because I heard about or read about you in the newspaper and that you had an idea, and your idea was to honor the Gold Star families in your area for Memorial Day. Where did that idea come from? Why did you come up with that idea? And what exactly are you doing for Memorial Day? Well, we were uh, always... We celebrate Veterans Day and Armed Forces Day, and uh, <clears throat> Memorial Day had become probably nothing more than the first day of summer. We thought that the uh, families of the people that paid the ultimate sacrifice needed to be honored. We kicked it around and came up with the idea of doing a uh, cookout for uh, the Gold Star families that we can uh, locate. So last year we uh, had our first cookout, and it was uh, went pretty well. We had four families represented, and, and uh, I think they really appreciated the effort we made to do this. So uh, we're, uh, we're going to try it again this year, and hopefully we'll have some more families. What is a Gold Star family? It's a family member of uh, someone that was killed while in the armed forces. And do you have personal experience with being a Gold Star family, or are you close to someone who is a Gold Star family? Well, uh I am not a Gold Star family. Uh, my brother-in-law lost his brother lost his brother in Vietnam, and I do have uh, friends that I made in Vietnam that were killed in Vietnam, and uh, I have got to know some of the families that uh, have lost loved ones in the, while in the in the armed forces. Pete, I hear emotion in your voice when you just even talk about that level of honoring the people who served us and the sacrifices that they made and the ultimate sacrifice. And I think that's one thing that we need to be aware of on Memorial Day is the deep feelings that veterans have about being veterans. Was that what came to bear on your idea about honoring the Gold Star families? Yeah, I think it was because, uh, like I say, Veterans Day, they make a big deal. We have parades. We get out and and uh, celebrate the living veterans, which is good. We should do that. They've earned it. But uh, we, I guess we just forgot about the families, what they gave for our country. And uh, we just thought, well, maybe some little way we can show that honor. Well, you know, what you just said really hits a note when you said you feel like maybe they, those families and the soldiers who died had been forgotten, your service was in Vietnam, was it not? Yes, it was. When did you go into the military? Were you drafted? No, I joined the Air Force in, uh, in 1964 and spent a couple of years at Dover. And then I got orders to Vietnam. Uh, I was a crew member on a uh, resupply aircraft. We were real small. We went to the short fields, the dirt fields, and uh, supported the Army and the Marines and the Special Forces, and uh, mostly at their forward bases. And you were there for one one year. Is that what the typical deployment was during the Vietnam War? 
Yeah, it, usually around a year. Uh, some, I think, serve 13 months, and some 11. Uh, I guess, it, you know, I don't know what determined that, but uh, 11 months and 28 days for me. Okay, I'm just betting that you live with the memories of that year every day. Most days, yeah. And from what you told me in our pre-interview when we were talking about doing this, you said that you just really don't generally talk about your service to most anybody except the people at the VFW. How is it that you've come to that decision, that that's that that's the way to handle it is just not talk about it? I don't really know that I came to a decision. It's just the way it is. Uh, I feel comfortable in those conversations with people that have uh, been through that and uh, people that have not been through it wouldn't understand anyway. You know, Pete, I I had a close friend who served in Vietnam. He said those exact words. He had uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome and would get really angry at all kinds of things. He didn't ever really go to counseling or deal with it, but he said about talking about it, he said, nobody can understand. If you weren't there, nobody could understand. Uh, That's about right. Well, and I guess that's why we're having this conversation is because as a society, what we ask of our soldiers and our veterans is so much. And I think we want to understand. Is there anything else you can add on that topic? And I'll quit pressing you because I know it's very uncomfortable for you. But what should we understand? Well, you won't. You can see, but <laughs> you'll never understand. One thing I am glad to see, though, is the young men and women <clears throat> that come home now. does my heart good to see the way they're treated. So much better. Right, because the Vietnam veterans really had a hard way to go in the way they were treated when they came back, and I think that... I think, again, as a society, I think we learned in that case that we had to do better and that maybe we are doing better. I must say that I came home here, and it uh, it was different. Most of the people here are uh, had served in either Korea or, or World War II. Some of them had already been to Vietnam, and uh, it's a patriotic bunch at that time. Uh, you could actually be proud. To, uh, to be a veteran in this area. It wasn't like uh, a lot of the other places. So uh, I, am, I am really proud of our community for that. Another thing that I'd just like to get your opinion on, I had talked to a young man who was um, really suffering, and he had been in Iraq, but he had had multiple deployments. And I wonder what your opinion is of that. It, it's volunteer now, and people sign up for that but it seems that the toll it takes on those young men and their men and women now in their multiple deployments is very very harsh i can't speak to that but uh, some guy we were talking here earlier uh 
one of the guys was saying, uh, well, we're talking about the patriotism in the country today, and I've, I've seen several studies where that a high percentage of the younger people said that they wouldn't fight to defend our country. And one of the guys said, well, I would. And they said, and I'd go back if called. Now, I guess it's just a mindset. It's something that you that you experience and see your friends experience. And uh, I don't know, maybe feel like you owe it to your buddies and take it home. Right. Oh, Pete, thank you so much. I know that this is not comfortable for you. And again, we will never understand, but... I hope that I hope that it means something to you that we want to and uh, and that we honor what you've done and we'll be thinking about you on Monday. What exactly will be happening at this recognition in Richlands, Virginia? Well, uh, they usually have a, a Green Hill uh, Memory Garden. They usually have a little uh, ritual they do on. Monday morning or uh, Memorial Day Monday, they uh, we go down and change out their flags and say a few words, play taps, and have a rifle volley. But once we get up here, uh, we'll, uh, about two o'clock, we'll have welcome the folks and uh, serve them some hot dogs and hamburgers, and maybe ask them a little bit about their uh, family that they've lost, and uh, hopefully it'll be something memorable for them, and and they will appreciate it. Uh, just having a cookout. Yeah, uh, I'm uh, sure it will. What can you tell me about? Just pick one of the families that you know will be there, and what can you tell us about that family that you've learned? Uh, well, one of them is my brother-in-law. Uh, he lost his brother in Vietnam, <clears throat> and actually, he uh, Jerry had had been awarded the Silver Star for a previous uh, engagement. And uh, he was killed before he was before he even knew that he was awarded in another engagement. And Darrell's a good buddy. We've been friends for years and years, and I probably knew him a long time before I realized that uh, he lost a brother over there. I'll be darned. Uh, another family, a uh, sister of uh, gentlemen, two uh, brothers that were killed in World War Two, and uh, actually. Their daughter went to school with my son. They would be buddies in school, and I had never realized that till a couple of months ago when we were talking about it. Those are the two people, I guess, that were families that I know more than any of the rest of them. Yeah, and when you know somebody closely like that, then you carry that grief uh, along with the family. Pete, thank you so much for talking with us. I'm going to shift now and talk to Jim. I don't know a lot about Jim. You just told me that his mission is recognition of POWs and MIA soldiers. And so we'll shift and talk to him for a minute and then bring you back in toward the end, okay? Okay. Thank you, Pete, and thank you for introducing us to Jim. Jim Ray, how are you? And uh, can you tell us a little bit about your passion for POWs and MIA uh, soldiers? Uh, yeah. Uh, like I say, my name is Jim Ray, and I do uh, a lot of work for POWMIAs to help bring awareness uh, to the 82,000 that are still unaccounted for. Uh, we started a mission back in 2017 uh, where we wanted to bring uh, recognition to the POWMIA 
uh, issue. So we had a flag tour uh, America uh, in 2017, and it took a year to do that. And most of it was done by motorcycles. It was a big event. Uh, it happened all across the country. Uh, they would have big ceremonies and uh, uh, parades for the flag, you know, as it came through each town. Uh, we had a lot of dignitaries, you know, a lot of politicians uh, participated in uh, in the tour itself. And once the flag came back, we had like 1,400 motorcycles that brought it back into Grundy, Virginia. And uh, now the flag is housed at the back of the Dragon in Tazewell, Virginia. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with the back of the Dragon or not, but uh, it's a big tourist attraction. Mm-hmm. And I think the flag has been placed in a, uh, a location that uh, probably thousands of people will see it during the summer months. Uh, and we're just kind of sort of proud of that. Uh, we have a memorial here in Cedar Bluff at the Overlook Park which is a beautiful setting up there. It, uh, it overlooks uh, business route 460. And there's probably anywhere from 20 to 25,000 cars uh, per day pass by that memorial. And uh, it's just, it's been a big thing for us. Uh, we have flags that fly up there all the time. Uh, we'll either post the American flags or we'll post POW flags. And sometimes we post uh, different branches of service up there. So. But it's uh, it's a beautiful place, and uh, you know we just uh, it's just something that we uh, we just have a passion for. And Pete, uh, when he came up with uh, the Gold Star Family uh, picnic by or cookout, that just that just added to everything. And right now, if you visited uh, the memorial. Uh, at the Cedar Buff Overlook Park, you would find crosses up there with the names of uh, a lot of these families that are going to be coming uh, to the cookout here at the VFW Post Monday afternoon. And we're going to be bringing those uh, crosses over here to the post and posting them around uh, in the in the front lawn out here uh, for families to see. So it's going to be an exciting day up here on uh, Memorial Day. Well, it sounds to me like when you and Pete set your mind to something, it's going to be done. It's going to be done big. So <laughs> congratulations on all that. Let's um, back up. First of all, 82,000 soldiers still unaccounted for. Correct. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. So tell us about your service. Pete said he volunteered just out of high school. Um, how, well, how about you? Yeah, actually, I did the same thing. I volunteered for the draft. Uh, it was actually either you volunteered for the draft or they were going to draft you. So, uh, and most of the time you could choose some of the places that you wanted to go, um, you know, if you volunteered. But back in, in that back in that day, why even though you volunteered, they're going to send you where they want to send you anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I served with the First Infantry Division, and actually, I was with a couple of divisions over there. 168 Combat Engineers. Uh, we did a lot of. Uh, uh, combat patrols. We did a lot of uh, recons, and we did a lot of uh, convoy stuff. You know. Well, Jim, I'm just going to ask you this in a in a weird, rude way. What did that service that you gave to the country? What did it do to you? Well, uh, you know, Teresa, back 
I guess for years after I came back from Vietnam, um, I had a rough time. I mean, I, you know, I'm just like any other Vietnam veteran. Um, for years, I just, I had a real rough time, uh, cause I lost friends over there, personal friends. And, uh, it was just a rough thing to deal with. But, you know, as the years went by, I, I started getting help. Uh, and I'm going to say mental health because I suffered from severe post-traumatic, uh, from some of the events that had happened over there. Uh, but you know, once I got help and, uh, I, you know, and I have, I've dealt with it pretty good in the last, I'm going to say last seven or eight year, you know, I've done, I've done real well with it. Uh, I, I stay busy. Uh, I try to keep my mind occupied. Uh, I don't sit around and think and, you know, what if and all this stuff, you know, what if, you know, uh, but, you know, coming back was, back to the world, it was just, it was a, it was something that, uh, that the veterans or that the soldiers, they didn't receive what they really needed when they came back. Uh, because one day you were in combat situations and then all of a sudden, uh, it's like on Monday you were in combat. On Tuesday, you were flying back to the United States, you know, and, uh, it was, it was a trying time back then. And, and at my age, I was only like, uh, going on 19. Actually, I will, I was 19 at that time. So. Well, it takes a lot to go because it sounds like you all grew up close to the same era I did. And the stigma was you have to be crazy to ask for help. And it should be the opposite. You have to be crazy not to ask for help when you've been, put through some those kinds of things but what was it that got you onto the issue of prisoners of war and soldiers who were missing in action did you have acquaintances or friends who who fall into those categories well you know a couple of times uh, you know i had a couple of incidents over there that uh, a friend of mine james ratliff who lives here in in grundy virginia um we were together and we, uh, was kind of got in an ambush and, and we came pretty close to becoming POWs, but, uh, thank God we didn't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then we had another issue where, uh, you know, we ran across some guys that, uh, that were being held in a, in an, well, actually it was in an abandoned, uh, VC camp, you know, and, uh, uh, and we had a, you know, had the opportunity to, uh, to help free those guys and, and, you know, just stuff like that, you know, and, and of course, you know, back when I was in Vietnam, I was always curious about the jets that went over, you know, the jets that provided cover for us, you know, and, uh, a lot of those guys were shot down and, you know, uh, uh, I guess, you know, I was just something like that just kind of sort of triggered it, you know? Yeah, because you can just, Imagine you came that close, and then what about all those other people? But the question now is, I suppose, 82,000 still unaccounted for. Is there any hope? Is there any way that those people will ever be accounted for? You know, I'm thinking probably 
Uh, if you go if you go back to say World War II, probably not. It's probably not ever going to be able to account for all of them. But uh, when you get into uh, Korea and Vietnam, POWMIAs, uh, yes, I think you know there's a possibility that uh, one day they'll be accounted for. You know, uh, hopefully some of them will be alive because you know I served in the early '60s and. Uh, and a lot of those guys were captured back then, and uh, uh, so I'm thinking, you know, if if I'm you know, at my age, they were the same age, you know. So, okay, Jim, what age is that? that? You got to tell us. I'm sorry. I said, what age is that? You got to tell us how old you are. Uh, well, actually, I'm 76 right now. Yeah. Uh, but back then, I was 17 years old. Uh, and you know, 17 years old, and and going on patrols, night patrols, combat patrols, running convoys, uh, you know, pulling guard duty. Uh, I had never been out of the town of Richlands when I when I went to Vietnam. Did you lie about your age? No, actually, my mom and dad signed for me because uh, back then I was getting into trouble, and and I asked them to. You know, to to sign for me to go, and and of course they made me promise, you know, that uh, that I would go on and continue to and get my uh, schooling in. You know, I only had a year to go. I only had a year left in high school when I went into service. So my goodness, but I did. I, I finished. Uh, I finished my school and uh, went on and took some courses in college, and uh, it's been a you know it's just been a blessing to me. Uh, but I respect each and every Vietnam veteran that, that came through over there. I, and, you know, my heart breaks every day for those 58,000 that, uh, uh, that are still unaccounted for, you know, or that was killed in, in Vietnam, I should say. Oh, yeah, 58,000 dead yeah. and 82,000 still missing or held. You know, actually, we've got from the state of Virginia is uh, 1,465 uh, POWMIAs that are still unaccounted for, just from the state of Virginia, you know. Wow. Well, so you said that there's hope, that you think that some of these people may still show up alive. Is the government doing anything at this point to try to address that? I mean, I know yeah. that you're doing everything you can to make people aware, but what kind of formal actions are happening to try to find people? Yeah, they have a research center, and I'll let Pete address that because he he's pretty well he, he knows about it. So I'll let Pete answer that question for you. Okay, Pete, what's what's the government doing? What are the official channels doing? Well, we went to uh, we had a reunion in Omaha, Nebraska, and I think that's Offutt Air Force Base, and it's the uh, I don't know if I can remember the exact name, uh, uh, but what they do their their outfit goal, aim, purpose is to identify the remains that they find in Viet well all over the world. But they have a, a an amazing center out there and uh, we actually got to go into uh, uh, where they were uh, researching and they went through the process of how they identify uh, what they find. Uh, dog tags, maybe just an article of clothing, a belt, uh, 
DNA. They have a, a super sophisticated uh, uh, DNA analysis to uh, help locate those. And sometimes they find maybe just a, a fragment, a bone fragment, or you know, part of a uniform of a main tag, or just anything. But they are uh, they are constantly. Uh, they send people over every year on missions to um, investigate. Uh, suspected sites where there may be uh, remains of the uh, POWs. Well, that's or MIs, uh, as far as recovering any uh, living POWs. I don't. I'm sure there may be some efforts being made, but if it is, it's something that they're not sharing with the public. Well, it's good to know that there are some efforts being made, and that you and Jim Ray are doing your parts in keeping the issues of veterans and MIA, POWs in the public view and reminding us all. You know, we didn't follow up on careers, Pete. You um, you went in right after you graduated from high school. Yes. And then you came out, and what has your what has your working world been like? Lord have mercy. <laughs> Do we need another I've half had, an hour? <laughs> I've had a lot of jobs. Uh, I just went from one thing to another. Finally, uh, when I was about 30 years old, I went to work in the, in the coal mines in the area, and uh, that's what I did till I retired. Well, good for you for retirement, and I hope you enjoy every day. I want to get the last details also about Pete. He said he did some college. Pete, what was your career life like? Uh, yeah, I did some college. Um, it was... Uh, Mostly related. Well, I tried to go to college uh, full time. I, I guess I say I was a little unsettled, and it really didn't work out for me. <laughs> and so then I went. Uh, I went to uh, Atlanta and worked for uh, Delta Airlines. Came back, worked for the con- uh, phone company, did some contract work, uh, just several different other places. Before I finally uh, went in the mines. And I actually went in the mines as a temporary thing to find something else. I just, the pay was good. I just stayed there. Well, we're running out of time, but I just want to take one more moment and see if either of you has anything to add. We'll be thinking about you on Memorial Day. I hope you realize that in addition to the work you're doing to honor others, that you are honored as well and that we're a grateful nation. It's astounding what we ask of our service people, and uh, for what it's worth, my little words are thank you beyond words for your service. But anything that you would like to add, Pete, you go first. Just that we're thankful right now. <clears throat> we have an all-volunteer force, and uh, I'm really thankful to, for the young men and women that step up to, to uh, serve their country and uh, protect our freedom. Thank you, Pete. How about you, Jim? Any last words? Yeah, one thing that really sticks out in my mind, you know, we were talking about uh, is there a hope for any of the POWMIAs. Back in 2017, I had a uh, had the opportunity to speak at the POWMIA advocacy reunion, and I ran into a young lady that her brother uh, was a POW in uh, Korea, and it went on, I think he was like 60-some uh, years old, and they returned him. They turned him back over to 
uh, to the to the United States, and they brought him back. And he had been in Korea all the all that time. But I thought that was uh, uh, you know something to be able to uh, to come back at, to the to America after all this time. You know, truly amazing. And it's because of people like you who continue to carry the torch and remind people and help us all remember what our service people have done for us. My guest today, Pete Vance and Jim Ray, both veterans of the Vietnam War, working to honor Gold Star families and other veterans on Memorial Day this year. Thank you again, Pete. Thank you again, Jim. Thank you, Teresa. Teresa. All right. Happy Memorial Day, and once again, thank you for your service. And you're listening to WEHC 90.7, also WISE FM Wise. We thank you for joining us. Hope you'll stay tuned, and you can hear this again by searching WEHCFM.com. Click on the link that says Podcasts, and you will find this conversation, and you can hear this again, share it, and help perpetuate the honor for our veterans. See you next time.